Welcome to Geared for Growth. I'm your host, Mike Mortlock, Managing Director of MCG Quantity Surveyors. Today, we're talking data, data, data. If you haven't picked it up already, I'm a bit of a data nerd myself, but I've got someone who's eminently more qualified to talk about data. Today, we're interviewing Gilbert Melga, who's the founder of Suburbs Finder. Now, if you haven't had a play around with Suburbs Finder, As yet, I encourage you to go and check out the website there. Essentially, it's a platform that enables you to drill down across all the suburbs in Australia for properties that match your criteria. So you can select uh, minimum yield, you can select properties based on the number of bedrooms, and that's something that's a little bit of a niche of the program as well, looking for areas where boarding houses are in demand or rooms per rent, which is a part of his personal investing strategy. So we talk all about that data, we talk about those types of opportunities, about boarding houses and the types of investments that he favours and where he sees property investors getting it wrong as well. It's a great interview and I'm really hoping that you'll get a lot out of this one. I certainly did. Here's Gilbert. Gilbert Melgar, thank you for joining me on Geared for Growth. Thanks for having me, Mike. Really appreciate it. It's a real pleasure, uh, real pleasure, and um, I don't think it'll be very long before people realise why I say that. But give us a bit of a an intro to yourself, Gilbert. Who are you, and what do you specialise in? Oh, um, I work in a digital technology space, mainly uh, focus on search engine optimization and page search and uh, web analytics data since uh, two thousand four. That's quite. Um, that's quite and, a stint. Yep, yep, and yeah, uh, born and grew up in Manila, Philippines, and then moved here in Sydney, Australia, ten years ago. And you've kept that fantastic accent. It was normally a question every time I hear an accent. I've, um, I'm always curious to see where the, where they come from. Um, but yeah, the, the the Philippines. I'm interested in in that journey. But before we dive into that, let's talk about you as a kid in the Philippines. <laughs> what was on the bedroom wall growing up? Uh, well, the bedroom wall uh, posters of. Um basketball NBA players because uh, uh, basketball is really big uh, in our country back then because uh, we're yeah. more of an uh, American influence country. Yep. I guess that goes for uh, Australia as well. Right, right. Isn't, isn't it more on footy and rugby here? Yeah, but I think I think American culture really permeates kind of the the Australian youth culture. I mean, most of the movies and most of the music comes from America and and myself growing up basketball was a big thing. You always had to have the latest pair of Jordans or or what yeah, have you. Yeah, so exactly. I think it's, it's probably a similar sort of thing whereas um, you know, like the the Premier League football or the the sort of English references didn't seem to to permeate through what about um what about property gilbert what, what got you started in property and what was your first investment oh uh, uh, it started late in 2015 when my wife and i uh, got inspired by one of our, uh, our wife's cousins so who at that time already had seven investment properties and wow. yeah yeah so after um, having a chat with them I started uh, reading about real estate and educated myself by enrolling into different uh, investment property courses. 
And then after a year, 2016, we bought our first investment property around Southwest Sydney. Now, it, it was a brick veneer house on a 630 square lot with four bedroom, one bath, three garage. And then after two years, we were able to improve you know, the LBR from 90 LBR to 80 LBR and then extract equity at the same time. And that 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 first property enabled us to acquire our second. Then both first and second help us acquire the third. Yep. Yeah. Once you get that momentum, then you keep going. That's exactly. that's the plan, and, right? And both our second and third are in regional New South Wales. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And all properties have already experienced growth and continue to do so. Now. I assume that part of the reason why you've been able to do that ties into the whole reason for this uh, podcast episode, which is the the technology that you've built. But before we dive right into that, um, I want to hear about growing up in the Philippines all the way through to some interesting stuff that you got involved in, such as (laughs) investing in a nightclub when you were 22. Um, You invested in a bank that offered you double your money in five years. There's got to be a great (laughs) story behind that. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, growing up in Manila, it's... uh it was really good. Uh, I came up, I came from a family that didn't have really that much money, and um, <clears throat> we have money, but it's just enough to put me and my sister to good school. And yeah. back there, we we don't have any hex or studying or pay letter benefits from the government, so not everyone can go to college or uni and have a degree. I I I, I did drove a taxi cab to earn some money on the side to support myself during those times. And getting a degree is really important where I came from because it's so hard to get a decent paying job without it. Yeah. Hard work paid off, finished a Bachelor of Science in Mathematics with major in Computer Science. Yep. Yeah, and uh, as far as degrees go, it's hardly a bachelor of, of arts. I mean, that's, that's there's some street cred behind what you studied. Yeah, yeah. At, at, at first, I, I really didn't know how I was able to finish the degree because it's a lot of numbers. You know? <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> if you hated numbers, you picked the wrong degree. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, uh, after the first year, second year, I... Uh, I embraced the degree. Uh, I loved it. And so obviously in finishing a degree, I assume you went in uh, into a job in, in the field. You mentioned you've been in the world of SEO and data analytics. Is that when you were on the big bucks and started throwing the, the cash around investing in nightclubs? Uh, no, 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 definitely not. Because um, so after I caught, I st- after I graduated from uni, even I already have a degree, it was really hard to, you know, hard to get a job. So what I did is ask my parents to if I can get all the savings that I gave them so that I can invest into something. You know? And uh, sure enough, that they, they, they let me uh, have it, but without them knowing that I'll be investing it in a, in a rave club. 
Right. Now, I mean, maybe maybe I'm just showing my age, but I, I, I don't hear sort of investment and rave club and, and think, well, this is this is the done deal. This, this is where Gilbert no, really makes it. I mean, was it, it? I mean, it could have been a good investment, yeah, was it? Yeah, it, it is. It, it's more... It's more really of a, more of like a enjoyment during that time, not really thinking about you know if you're gonna make money or not. Yeah. The one that I really missed out is when you know, when the bank um, offered me double your money uh, in five years. Uh, the reason why I missed that out is I decided to put uh, the, my money into a rave club instead. You know. Right. Well, oh, think, okay. Well, so, de- well, definitely, my my investment didn't double during that time, but can't complain because it was a really awesome experience. So here I was thinking that you you put your money into a bank that was offering double the investment and went bankrupt. That was actually a real deal that you could have done. <laughs> could be. Could be. <laughs> what was it attra- that attracted you to the to the world of, of SEO and, and data analysis, computer science and analytics? Uh, it was uh, way back in 2003 when I started creating uh, celebrity fan sites, uh, just for fun, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, you know, doing that basic HTML and all. So I discovered I can earn money out of it through pop-up ads, Google AdSense, and being an affiliate. Because during that time when you open your when you log into to internet there's a lot of pop pops up ads comes out right yeah so, yeah so i figured that out that i can make money so i made almost 500 celebrity fan sites and wow during that time it was easy to rank on search engines as long even if you have a crappy content even if you copied it from other sites as long as you have the main keywords and the page, page title and the url and description you're all good and back then, what I was doing was search engine. I didn't know that what I was doing is search engine optimization yeah. or SEO because during that time, SEO wasn't a thing yet. It certainly is now. I remember those good old days where you just stuff a few keywords in the title tags and you were yep. away and yep. you could rank for almost anything you yep. wanted. Now yep. we have to employ someone properly clever like yourself. And and then 2005, I formally started my SEO career, worked for one of the major online resellers of Mac computers in the US. Then after two years, moved to affiliate marketing uh, position for the same company and in 2008 i started doing uh, focusing on web analytics and page search which is now before it used to be google adwords and now it's known as google ads so seo web data analytics goes hand in hand i like it when i'm doing uh, competitor analysis and create seo strategies to outrank my clients competitors i get to analyze competitor data their strengths, the type of contents, their backlink resources, and there's nothing more fulfilling when, when, when the strategies that I've implemented translates into increase in traffic and increase in conversion rates for the company that I work for or even for my clients. And at the same time, I was able to outsmart the, the same the SEO people that the competitors uh, hire for to do to do the same thing that I do. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, I think that obviously means pretty clear that you love what you do, but properties, of course, are passion as well, and you've been able yes. to merge those yes. two different worlds. Um, so the real focus of today is is what you've created, which I guess you describe as prop tech, the, the website Suburbs Finder. How did you come up with that? And, and maybe an even better question is why did you come up with that? Well, it's uh, Suburbs Finder is really a product of uh, all learnings and challenges that my wife and I discovered throughout our investment property journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so during that time, I'm um, doing research. So I just applied the method that I'm doing in the corporate world, the way that I do research, and replace that with um, real estate data. Yeah. And um, we realized there's so much information abo- available uh, to property investing, that, but there's no one tool that can provide all the data in one location. Like yep. it, it takes a lot of time for you to figure out where to get it. And at the same time, once you figure out where to get it, how are you going to put all of them on one table for you to understand it uh, better? Yep. And and I guess the the data the data that you're you're sharing in Suburbs Finder it, it's it might be sort of publicly available somewhere somehow but part of the real value that you've put together is that it's all there in a table that you can compare suburb versus suburb you can filter by whatever your investment criteria is is that sort of the main problem that you're solving is sort of aggregating all that and putting it in a a format that's easy to use for the investor yes yes definitely that's one of it it's solving the problem of spending a lot of time researching and trying to to figure out where's the best location to buy investment property based on what one can can afford and what are their end goals in mind and also figuring out how to gather all of this information putting them into one table to make the data more meaningful and insightful and easy to understand yeah a perfect example is if you have 40 sets of data and then use them as all of them you have the ability to use them as filters it, it it lets you play around with the data and helps you get more insights. And I have been playing around with the data, and I think the filtering ability of Suburbs Finder was what um, w- stood out to me because within a few seconds you can say, all right, I want to find every property below 500 grand with a 5% or higher yield in an area with a vacancy rate of un- under 1%. Is, is that the main use case for the site? Is that what most users of Suburbs Finder are doing? Well, those are the, that's one of the basic things that the, the tool can do. And if we can dive deeper than that, we can combine more data filters. Say we take new dif- different types of strategies, right? Say we want to uh, find a strong uh, chance of, we want to find an area with a strong chance of capital growth over the next several years. And the other one may be uh, for renovator to flip, you know, flipping strategy. So these are two different types of strategies. So first, uh, strong chance of capital growth. I would probably say my take on this before we go on, which you may or may not agree. 
I've said it before and I'm just sharing it again. When it comes to strong chance of capital growth, I strongly believe that I'll probably have a better bet on areas with strong historical performance. I'd say yes, hotspots can be a good choice, but it may get a bit tricky if you ride on the hotspot that has grown much already. Yes, it still can grow, but can be a short term. But then again, this property investing, there are so many factors really that can turn things the other way, right? Yeah. So going back to to my example, um, using Subridge Finder to, to search for a high chance of capital growth, I would use eight different data combinations as a filter. First would be um, online market demand, you know. Has there been an increase of uh, potential buyers online within the previous quarter looking at a particular suburb, right? Yep. And then increase or the change of performance of number of sales overlaid by the stable or decreasing sale listings. So from there, we can see if there's a movement uh, between the stock and whatever is being sold on the market, right? And then a stable or decreasing sales, uh, stable or decreasing uh, days on market, which we all know that if it's, uh, it's gonna be a hot market if the days on market starting to decline over a certain period of time, right? And then overlay that with the year on year and quarterly growth, and of course, add to that is increasing median rent uh, in the previous quarter, which is showing that uh, there's the on-ground demand in the suburb is now translating to rental growth, which will have an effect on increasing yield, which will also lead to drawing investors into the market, uh, but also showing that people are willing to pay more to live without, within that suburb. And last, I would look at the number of DA approvals uh, per council, as this will show the potential stock within 18 months time or 24 months time. So all of those data, I can combine all of those filter in one go. And then let's say, I'd say I'd look at New South Wales. So let's say there are 4,500 plus uh, suburbs in New South Wales. Then applying these filters, I'm sure it will give me less than 500 or less than 200 suburbs right away. Yeah. Yeah. So you've done that in less than less than five minutes, really. And what do you know about the the users of the platform and and throw yourself in that as well, if you like, in terms of using that sort of strategy and using those metrics to find those suburbs have you have you had much feedback from people using it to say that they've they've found suburbs that have that have outperformed perhaps where they were looking originally the give for growth property investing podcast is presented by our business mcg quantity surveyors if you're an investor or a property professional looking to get the best tax depreciation deductions for yourself or your clients please get in touch with us at mcgqs.com.au. It's our mission to help as many property investors as we can to maximize their claims and maximize their property education as well. Yes, yes. One one particular strategy was um, 
um, uh, a girl um, uh, sent me a message that uh, the tool really saved her time to in doing her due diligence because she is um, planning on developing a new generation boarding house. So she wanted to see um, uh, the suburb that she uh, has a property on and to do the development, uh, how it stacks up uh, within the nearby suburbs um, in terms of uh, you know the demand, if, if there's a demand for uh, people uh, looking for a room to rent. Yep. And that, that seems to be something that the site is kind of niching into as well when you look at all of the different data points. It's the demand for people that are looking for a room to, men, uh, to rent. And I guess um, there's there's the data of the suburbs that have those types of properties, so the multi-bedroom properties. So there's metrics on the number of, of bedrooms per dwelling and that sort of thing. Is, is, that, is that a deliberate sort of thing because you see a need for that or, or you're tapping into the fact that the, the, the boarding house style investment has gained a lot of popularity in the last little while? Well, boarding house, yeah, but in uh, prior to that, uh, I think it has been here before that a lot of uh, property investors has been renting out their rooms individually, yeah, or sort of like they call it as a share house. But yeah, so the the data that we're presenting is an aggregation from different online listings, which are really publicly available. And then the tool provides, as you said, the tool provides um, data uh, on number of people looking for a room, number of uh, advertised room online, and as well as the median rent for a room. So this supply and demand information is really insightful if you're going to use rooming house or share house or new generation boarding house strategy to increase your cash flow from negative to positive. Right. Yes. So a five-bedroom house uh, normally, uh, traditionally, it rents between five to seven hundred. But if you're within, if you're going to buy within a suburb, uh, if you're going to buy a five-bedroom house within the suburb that has a good growth and at the same time has good demand for renting out rooms, then you can you can do the strategy of renting out rooms individually. So. Instead of just having a rent, uh, weekly rent of five to seven hundred a week, you can rent out each room for two to two fifty. Then you have uh, one thousand to one hundred, uh, one thousand to one hundred, one thousand two hundred fifty per week. Now, that's a massive increase in rental yield. Yeah, absolutely, and it, and it just goes to show how important metrics are to see what the demand is for that style of property and not something that I've seen uh, elsewhere. I guess it, it begs the question, with with this data, how often is it updated? Where does it come from? How reliable is it? Uh, uh, just like I said, uh, it's an aggregation from uh, different online uh, listings, which, yep. uh, which is publicly available online. And the data is updated regularly every month. Yep. And you don't, you not only have access to the current data, but you also have access to historical data for the 12 month period. Because uh, at least you can confirm if the spike on demand is consistent or 
Is there a seasonal demand or it was just one unusual spike? You know, such data will help you understand you know, if renting out room strategy will work for your investment uh, property or not. You know. Yeah. And are, are there ways that you recommend people to use the site? Or, or let's say, are there ways that you would see people using the site and say, look, that's that's really not not pointing you in the right direction? Is it is is the data sort of sometimes paralyzing rather than useful if it's not considered in the right way i mean we talked about your sort of eight point framework where you're looking at the the online demand of listings and the sales volumes and what's coming through council approvals days on markets yields all that sort of stuff see i was listening and paying attention in fact i wrote them down Um, (laughs) uh, is that really important to have some sort of framework to help educate investors of what they should be looking at if they're wanting to say zero in on an area that's going to have good capital growth well, well, I think the first thing that they need uh, to consider is uh, try to know first why do they want to invest, you know? and then because uh, the first investment is uh, critical, and then uh, once they determine oh, what's their you know why, why are they doing it, and what's their goal, then they you know, they should be start looking, they should be doing the research, and and yeah. From from there, uh, they'll be at least they'll be able to know what do they really want. Yeah, and uh, and I guess that's something where investors fall down. It's it's often having the the property first rather than the strategy first, and the property to 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 meet that strategy. What what do you where do you see investors? doing it well and or, or perhaps getting it wrong is is data and and the science behind the selection of the property the the key thing or or is it that just people aren't necessarily considering what their strategy is and what they want their portfolio to look like in future yeah i think both it's it's a mix of both because um you got to determine what's your goal first and your first investment strategy is the one that's really critical the first should help you acquire your second and so on, right? Yep. If it doesn't align to your goal, then uh, you're stuck, which is I'm not surprised there's a lot of property investors who, who wants to have a good portfolio, but they're stuck with one or two because yeah. you know, because they weren't able to move on because because of the first one or the second one, right? They're, they're stuck yep. with it. Right? And then, yeah, uh, not really paying attention to or you know not understanding uh, data they're just relying to mainstream media <laughs> yes and uh, i couldn't say more emphatically that the mainstream media is not what you want to be following <laughs> if you're interested in investing in in property certainly you do get some gurus that are featured in them in the media but um just just sticking with the the newspaper articles is is going to cause you a, a huge amount of pain what about property and and the property technology obviously you've built something fantastic gilbert it puts a lot of power at the fingertips of investors to educate themselves and not have to rely on property media what, what do you think the technology in the in the space is going to be like in this prop tech space well I know property investors uh, using their hunch when making investment decision, and they have been successful. There are some that has been success- successful on it, 
but there are also those who don't succeed. You know, with property technology and data, uh, the risk of you know and being unsuccessful, I believe, will materially decrease if you make good use of the information av- available. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's it's well, critical to, it, to utilize the resources that you've you've got at your disposal. Yep. Doesn't really matter what what platform or what tool you use, uh, as long as your decisions are backed up by by the facts or by numbers. Then definitely, it's not a foolproof strategy, but it will lessen the risk. That you're putting yourself, you're going to put yourself into, right? Yeah. And when it comes to to the different strategy options that you talked about, so one of them was was flipping um, or renovation uplift style strategy. I guess you don't necessarily have to sell it. Then there's capital growth, or or it's looking for the the yield plays where you're renting by the room. How how does it sort of differ in in the metrics that you want to look at for the different strategies? I assume if you're wanting to to flip a property, you're looking at well. Where are the areas where something that is done up is is worth disproportionately more than what it costs, or where four bedroom properties get a huge premium on three bedroom properties? Can you give us some sort of a, a guidance on that? Well, well, definitely. Um, well, what a, my my normal strategy with that uh, with that is uh, I, I, I try to research on an area first by you know mixing. Uh, different uh, data like days on market should be lower uh, there should be an increasing high online market demand and then sales listing historically should be stable over the past quarter or should be at least declining you know and then i'd look at the median price where you know which in which within my budget and then if there's an opportunity for me uh uh, if there's the difference, be- if there's a huge difference between a three bedroom and a four bedroom, right price, then if there's opportunity for me to buy a three bedder and add an additional toilet and bath or an ensuite on and, a, and an extra bed, then I'd do that because right? definitely um, you're creating a different product now from three bedroom to four bedroom with an ensuite. Mm. So. And- and is and is that something that your platform enables people to zero in on? Well, it's it's more on the on the location itself, right? Yep. Yeah. But when it comes to property selection, you still have to uh, sourcing out property. Uh, you still have to go to property, uh, different property listing, right? Real estate and domain, because the tool itself. Uh, doesn't have a listing, uh, property sale listing itself. Although if you click on the council or, or the local government area, it will redirect you to the council website. And then if you click on the suburb, it will redirect you to the sale listings uh, within that suburbs right away. And then yeah. when you selected your, uh, your uh, let's say, top five uh, uh, properties, and then you can use the renovation feasibility tool that we have in there, and then just plug in the numbers. You can compare up to four properties for renovation or flipping strategy at the same time, and 
it will you'll you it will show you right away which one would be best or or have uh, the maximum profit that you'll be able to get within within between the four yeah brilliant so there's a couple of different things all in one there and obviously the the clue is in the name suburbs finder rather than property finder um but i i think that's that that's important right because people do zero in on the property they think about a picture in their head of what it would look like rather than focusing on on the area which is arguably a lot more important because that's going to drive the value growth yes an attractive looking property or something that kind of looks like it's going to be demand is one thing but it's 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 i guess pushing people to invest in much more of a business-like way right yeah, 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 definitely. Because because um, you, you you can manufacture uh, capital growth by renovating or flipping, right? But external capital growth or within the location already, that's something you really can't control. So suburb selection really is important. And then yeah, and then start zeroing in on on the property within that area uh, by doing uh, running feasibility. And is there anything else that I'm missing in the platform that you you make available to property investors as as part of their analysis and their strategy? Uh, one thing is uh, the uh, investment property cash flow um, uh, feasibility tool that we have in there, wherein you know, after you selected the top five properties, you can compare them side by side uh, against each other. What's their historical trend uh, within for the past twelve months in terms of median price, vacancy rate, uh, rental yield, capital growth, uh, population rental uh, population, um, uh, local government area DA approvals. Yep, and then uh, once you click the, another button in there, it will redirect you to the feasibility tool. And it will pull all of the data from those five suburbs and will auto-populate auto right away uh, all the columns in the feasibility uh, calculator. So you can see right away, you know, it will compute right away uh, what's your monthly mortgage repayment, uh, what's the stamp duty, what's your rental yield, and um, if what's your uh, cash flow, if it's negative or positive, uh, Per, per month, per year, or per week. And then what's the forecasted value of your property within 5, 10, 20, or 30 years based on the historical capital growth of 10 years? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and anything could happen, but I guess that's the easiest metric to go on is is the is the past performance, I suppose. But, yeah, well, I'm just... Um, well, that, 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 that's... It's... Uh, that's one way to look at it, but it's still, uh, it's uh, uh, historical capital growth is not really, um, can't really rely on it because a lot of things can happen in the future, right? So that's yes. why you still need to look at uh, the number of uh, day approvals within, within that area. Accounts, and that's why we put it in there. And then you also need to look at infrastructures, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those are the ones. 
Yeah, beautiful. It's um, that's that's an amazing tool in and of itself. And I guess there are a lot of investors that go into investing in property don't really understand the numbers and get themselves stuck in a position where they need to sell what might be a a really well performing asset over time because they don't understand that cash flow. What what's the best advice that you would have for property investors, Gilbert? Um, I would say there's no get rich uh, quick schemes in real estate. You know, <laughs> <laughs> educate yourself and make uh, data different data driven uh, decisions. You know, know your serviceability first, and then crunch your numbers several times before deciding on anything. Beautiful, and certainly you've you've created an amazing tool to do that. How do people get in touch with you and and interact with with yourself and the and the platform Suburbs Finder? Um, yeah, they can they can just go to Suburbs Finder Facebook page or you know, they are on on the site itself, or they can hit me up in LinkedIn. Easy done. And, Easy and done. just to correct this, Suburbs Finder is not a replacement to the existing tools that we already using like uh, like rp data price finder or whatever is out there right this is this is just as additional uh, arsenal for for us to have you know so yeah yep yeah, it's. Um, I, I guess it's. I mean, there's. As I said before, there's. There's lots of different tools out there. They all have their different strengths. Uh, I think your strength is, is some of those analysis tools you have, but the ability to put things side by side and and use that to to perhaps yeah, analyze in a little bit more detail what's available. Yeah, because because um, different different people has their own way of analyzing data and different investors has their own ways of stra- have their own strategy right so that's that's the m- main reason why uh, we built this so that people can use the tool can customize it based on on their end goal based on their strategy so that's that's the whole point of it beautiful i love it gilbert and if we if we can finish off um I know I did ask you your best advice for investors, but I'm stuck with my uh, with my standard issue question as a sign off. Um, <laughs> if you impart one piece of advice, what would it be? Uh, always crunch the numbers. Crunch the numbers from a data scientist, uh, a, a mathematics guru, and an, an, an analytics and a rave club. <laughs> yeah, and a rave club. <laughs> That's a that's a nice way to finish it off. Yeah, that's um, it. That's it. I've had a lot of fun. I, I've enjoyed um, picking your brain. Um, data people are, are my sorts of people, and hopefully, there's uh, a couple of other um, nerdy people out there that have got as much out of it as, as I have. Thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. No, no, thank you. I really appreciate uh, you having me here. Uh, it's an honor. Cheers. <laughs>